80s, but wow. If you're gonna build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? Don't cross the streams. Good day, I'm Bob McKenzie. This is my brother, Doug. How's it going, eh? Read my lips. This segues so nicely into my 80s weekend. We'll do it live. Episode 5 is alive. <laughs> do it all live. Yeah. I mean, we don't, David. That's it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to episode number 5 of Random Draw, a 1980s podcast. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your host, Daniel Mann. With me, as always, Dave Hubbard. That's me. Mark Belial. Come in and know me better, man. Oh, a very holiday Yeah. Uh, we are recording this on the 23rd. Christmas Eve Eve, as yeah. it's called in my household, apparently. <laughs> is it Christmas Eve? Nope, they just say Christmas Eve Eve, like okay. it is a separate holiday from the other two. <laughs> gotcha. It's not, though. I Get worked it. on Christmas so many years that I don't find it much of a holiday. This is Amber's first time she doesn't have to work on Christmas because she was an ER nurse, but now she is a school nurse. And, mm-hmm. I mean, school's yes, got great school's hours. Off. So she's, <laughs> yeah. like, so pumped. We've really over-Christmased this year. But if there's ever a year to go all seriously, out. yeah, this would be the year. I looked at my apartment the other night and I said it looks like a Christmas tree hill exploded in here. Yeah, that's how we're yeah. that's how we're rolling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I just was thinking the other day because I thought all week like, oh, man, this looks really nice. And then I started getting the bug like we're like, oh, no, I'm going to have to take all this stuff down. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> Put all I can't wait away. for March to roll around and I'm taking all this stuff down. <laughs> it's such a pain. I live in an apartment, so I can't decorate outside, but I have four separate strings of lights decorated my living room yeah mm-hmm. not That's, counting the tree <laughs> it's crazy we we strum mm-hmm. we have these like uh veil lights that hang down in our living room and i was like are we just gonna leave these up because they're such a pain to put up and i can't imagine having to take them down so i was like they look good they're not Christmassy. they're just like lights yeah we, yeah we leave them up forever right yeah they're permanent now. Yeah, they <laughs> they're part of the now. house <laughs> they live here now it's i'm like selling this house what's up with the lights <laughs> oh no they're here too those are uh your lights yeah they belong to you now <laughs> so if this is your first time listening Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. If this is your uh, first episode, <laughs> you have to fight. <laughs> <laughs> we are a 1980s podcast. We are three gentlemen born in the 80s, but lo and behold, we don't really recollect it. Yeah. So we will be reviewing different 80s topics. Each of us come up with a topic every single week, do a little research, and then discuss and uh, comment. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's riff. it. That's the show. We do some riff. We do some Thank riffing. you, Mark. Yeah. We'll just start. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else to do. I don't know. Like, <laughs> let's just stare at each other for five minutes. I love it. Dan, you hit that transition like a pro. <laughs> oh, man. It only gets worse from here. First tonight is Mark. Gentlemen, I'd like to welcome you to my TED Talk. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, is um, it TED Talks? Did they start in the 80s? Yeah. Uh, my mm. TED Talk is called, If You're Going to Traffic Cocaine, Why Not Do It With Some Style? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta be honest, I didn't see that coming. Is yeah. your 80s topic cocaine? Yeah, because uh, that was around before You 80s. know, I mean, like most 80s topics, it includes cocaine. <laughs> I don't know if... I don't think my topic does. Mine, I don't know. It mm, might. I'm sure you could fit some in mine. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, tonight I'm going to be talking about the DeLorean. Oh, yeah. This does involve cocaine. <laughs> Speaking of fitting cocaine in something. <laughs> yeah, this does involve cocaine. Yeah. So the DMC-12. Yeah. Cool looking car. Cool looking car. It's the quintessential car of the 1980s. It's iconic. It's retro futuristic. Stylish. And it's also completely unreliable and wildly impractical. And... 
Travels in time. Yep. Travels through time. You yeah. have to get it to 88, which yeah. I heard was not that easy. Because <laughs> it often felt like it works fine if you stick it in front of a train. That's true. <laughs> yes. Put it right there and then you leave it and then hopefully the train doesn't obliterate. That's a Back to the Future 3 joke? Yeah. It yeah. was a deep cut. Is what call that. <laughs> that is not the best of three. <laughs> I've never uh, seen the third one. You never. Th- well, now you know how it ends. Yeah. <laughs> Spoilers. Oh. <laughs> uh, so the DeLorean mode company is one of the most iconic car manufacturers of the 1980s and its founder john zachary delorean was an iconic engineer oh his name is delorean yeah his name's delorean i always did wonder why they named it delorean though no. i wonder why a lot of things are named with there i just assume that everybody's named that like <laughs> delorean mis- mr microphone invented the microphone <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah 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 we're, we're recording this on mr microsoft software <laughs> yeah mm-hmm <laughs> Oh, hello, Mr. Microsoft. <laughs> so stupid. Bob C. Microsoft. Uh, yes, a real humanitarian. <laughs> it goes Carnegie number one and Bob C. Microphone number two. <laughs> well, this is, I'm sorry for these jokes. They'll get better. Or, meh. Meh. Probably not. I promise no, nothing. No. So John DeLorean was born the oldest of four sons to Zachary and Catherine DeLorean. It sounds so fake. <laughs> it really does. Uh, his father worked for Ford and his mother worked for General Electric. Mr. DeLorean was an alcoholic and abusive to his entire family. Oh, well, that's nice. <laughs> this sounds like a father in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. So definitely not the greatest upbringing for Mr. DeLorean. Mr. Um, DeLorean, the car creator? Yeah. What was that guy's name again? John. John C. DeLorean. John Zachary DeLorean. John Z. DeLorean. And his father, <laughs> Zachary DeLorean. Oh, he middle named him? Yeah, middle That's named weird. him. My father even... is Mr. DeLorean. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, just uh, really just very abusive. Would beat his wife, beat his children. Eventually, uh, the couple split up. They were divorced. That's good. And uh, That's John's mother insisted from an early age that DeLorean would have good grades. Okay. I mean, that's, that's a yeah. reasonable expectation. Yeah. She's like, listen, somebody has to make it out of this. I don't, I'm don't. i going to be working for General Electric my entire life. That's a good job, though, right? Back in the day, it was. Yeah. Not, I don't know what she now. did. Oh, maybe not. Well, they had a union then and fair pay. That's true. You would <laughs> pick it if yeah. you didn't get what you wanted. Well, and then the Pinkerton sure. showed up. <laughs> Do a story on that. The Pinkertons? Right now. The yeah. Right now. All right. Pinkertons <laughs> breaking lines. Guys, I'm going to need just a couple minutes to outline this, but yeah, we'll, I'll wing it. It's fine. How, how complicated could it be? <laughs> Not complicated at all. Yeah. How hard is hitting guys with sticks on a picket line? <laughs> don't go on strike. I don't want to tell you. <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, John excelled in Detroit's public schools and was accepted into Cass Technical High School. Oh. A school for Detroit's honor students. Oh, so super bright, super super gifted, very talented. Yeah, I I would know about that. <laughs> Try to keep my head down. Yeah, in high school. <laughs> yeah, for real. I wasn't uh, that interested well, in shining. No. <laughs> I wasn't super interesting in showing up most of the time. <laughs> I was homeschooled. I couldn't get away. Yeah, you can't ditch that school. No, it's nowhere. awful. Dave, I have a question. No, we didn't get snow days. No. <laughs> was that your question? No, that was out of my mind if it was. <laughs> you got report cards in homeschool? No, you just got disciplined if you got bad grades because your mom and dad were the teachers. Mm, okay. I wasn't sure if you had like a report card. Where would it come from? I mean, from? I knew my the printer. Grades. Yeah, I have no idea. Print one out, and you'd have to give it to your mom. Yeah, that would be the confusing part. It would be my mom <laughs> making my report card and then handing it to me, and then me going, "You have to show this to your parents." And, and I just you, stare at her, hand it back, and then you trying to like <laughs> fix some of the grades on there. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. This is uh, me. <laughs> oh man, you just add his eight to one of the zeros. I um, 
<laughs> I have been known as a younger um, student to alter some of my grades on a report Ooh, card. Ooh, nice. Look yeah. at you, rebel. I guess I was really not good at school. And not an idiot. I just yeah, did just not care some, for it at some all. Kids just I just school kids. I did not. No, I was not a school kid. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I hated everything about school. That explains the military. Yeah, I like yeah. the military. Way more structure. Also, they yelled and like made me exercise. They couldn't do that at school. That's <laughs> true. I was like, all right, you guys win. <laughs> <laughs> so John found the classes super exhilarating and uh, continued to crush his grades. Not nerd. Uh, he graduated <laughs> and earned a scholarship to the Lawrence Institute of Technology, the alma mater of some of the most uh, some of the automobile industry's best engineers. Was that his goal to be an auto guy? Sounds like it. Like I said, his dad worked for Ford, so yeah. it kind of maybe took it as like a, uh, like a challenge him. to yeah, yeah, like Look to at do me, better. Dad. Not I'm, only am I'm I better than you, <laughs> not only am I a car engineer, I don't beat my wife. Well, it sounds like the bar was <laughs> real low there. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So while he was studying, World War II interrupted his studies. Uh, he was drafted. Oh, yeah. Well, some... He served three years in the army and was discharged. Uh, he returned home to find his family struggling financially. He worked for a year and a half to help them make ends meet before returning to complete his degree. He's so. a real go getter. Really nice guy. In 1952, after selling life insurance and attending law school, he oh, graduated man. from the Chrysler Institute and joined Chrysler's engineering team. So it kind of took him a while to get to the car industry because he had to stop and go overseas and fight for three years. Yeah, he did some fighting. Thanks a lot, Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> did some fighting. And then, uh, like I said, he was like working and kind of considered law school, which will come in handy later, I think. Imagine how much better the DeLorean would have been if he would have had those three extra years. It's true. <laughs> I blame Hitler. Thanks a lot, Hitler. Wait, what year did he go fight? This wasn't like the Vietnam War he fought in, it was, was it? World War II. Okay. I mean, it would have been just a very different story. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. yeah. That would explain the cocaine. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> this is cocaine and Agent Orange. <laughs> I have a Marine Corps cadence about Agent Orange that I won't sing here. It's inappropriate. <laughs> While he worked at Chrysler, he designed an improvement to their signature Ultramatic automatic transition. Tra yeah, Ultramatic. <laughs> Let me go again. Transmatic. Can't get none unless you want puns. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he designed an improvement to their signature Ultramatic automatic transmission, which earned him a lot of industry recognition. That is a stupid name. Yes. The Ultramatic yes, automatic transmission. Yep. But I bet you it's real neat if I was smart enough to understand it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. But I'm not, so it's dumb. <laughs> it has it has that signature like 1950s name where it's just yeah. like. Ultramatic. It's adjective-matic. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, the ultra-matic, the uh, surfaceable-matic. <laughs> that's that's what you put on like a foreign car. Right a now, this, this topic is being presented by Markomatic. Markomatic. Mark you just push the button and the story comes out. <laughs> after, after he got all that recognition, uh, he ended up leaving Chrysler to move to GM in 1956. Oh, in your face. Yeah, so he spent about four years working for Chrysler. Yeah, but I bet Chrysler pocketed that sweet Matic. Yeah, yeah the Ultramatic, Automatic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it seems like that was a meal ticket for him because he was able to literally go just about anywhere where he wanted to go. They gave him a lot of leeway, too, to kind of do his own thing because while he worked at GM, uh, he designed America's first ever muscle car. Muscle-O-Matic. The Muscle-O-Matic. <laughs> Where, where did the term muscle car come from? Dave, I'm glad you asked that question. General Motors was the first company to ever introduce the term muscle car. Muscle-o-matic car. <laughs> when was the term muscle car first coined? Oh. 1953. Mm, 1953? 54. 1954? 
actual year? 1949. Oh. oh. Yep. In it, my face. Yep. I guess. <laughs> it was the first proper muscle car. What was it? It was called bring the, stuff up. It was, you know I'm going to ask a question. Know, it was I called know. the Muscle-O-Matic. <laughs> Muscle-O-Matic? Ergomatic. How many horses did it have? The first full-sized Three. muscle car oh, was the 1949 Oldsmobile Rocket 88. Rocket 88? What, what's the 88? I don't know. What? It makes it, it sound was retro. It 49. <laughs> we call it the 88. <laughs> That seems like oh, how they do cars, though. The reason it was called the Rocket horsepower. 88 was the first time a powerful V8 engine was available in a smaller body size. That's just eight. One single eight. You put two of them in there, though, and you got Two V8s? Yeah. You're crazy. Should have had a V8. <laughs> Different V8, day. Dang it. I'm so bad at cars. <laughs> it was the next size up from the Oldsmobile 76. <laughs> Name conventions are stupid. Sounds like Xbox was naming their stuff. <laughs> we should have had PlayStation naming them. One. One. Two. two three. three. <laughs> yeah. So the Rocket 88 produced 135 horsepower. Whoa, that is not a lot of horsepower. Nope. Is a, you know, we not... say that, but try to picture that many horses running at the same time. It's true. Yeah, very that true. That is a lot of horsepower. All on like one chariot. Imagine the gladiator with all those <laughs> All I'm saying is that if we measured things in like Dave power, yeah. oh, I assume that like one horsepower, horsepower yeah. is yeah. probably like 25 Dave power. Running wise, sure. Or lifting wise or pulling or wise. Or pulling wise, yeah. Or just good looking wise. Like I assume all of it is. Old yeah. horse face. And horse haunches. I also like apples and sugar cubes. <laughs> That's how we feed Dave. You have to have your palm flat so it doesn't bite I'll, your fingers. Yeah. Just bite your I get real nibbly. <laughs> Stupid. What's this even about? What's this show even about? I don't even know. I told you. I warned them uh, when we introduced everybody from the board game podcast that it's much more unhinged. All right. <laughs> it's them. It's them. While he worked for GM, he designed the America's first muscle car, the Pontiac GTO and the Pontiac Firebird. So he designed those two cars, earns himself a healthy pay raise. Guys, what do you think his salary was? Let's 1950s. Called, how much about, do you think a top engineer talking, gets paid? Are we talking yearly? We are talking a yearly salary. But what year is this? This was 1956. $13,000. <laughs> now, I bet he made like... Like $56,000. Wow. $56,000 yeah. in 1950s That's money? a bananas amount. <laughs> I think that he got paid really well. Okay. I like it. Actual retail price of a Jonathan of uh, a John DeLorean, sixteen thousand dollars. Oh, fifty six is like. Or if you put that in today's dollars. money, one hundred and fifty thousand four hundred sixty three dollars. Good cash. Yeah, making a GTO. <laughs> yep, yep. So many horses. He became the youngest VP of GM and could have eventually ran the company if he uh, if he'd wanted to stick around. If he but didn't. John DeLorean was an ambitious man. Look, yeah. if he stuck around, could have probably gotten up to fifty six thousand dollars. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he could have he could have bought the world. Dave could have eventually been right. Yeah. <laughs> just I assume that's how all of my life works. I make a statement and then I just wait. <laughs> this is the long time. I outweigh him. I outweigh him. I'm a patient man. <laughs> oh, you're right now, but I'll be right later. <laughs> so yeah, John DeLorean, very ambitious man. A true visionary of the automobile industry. Sure. And he said, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm just gonna make my own car company. Bang. Because all this stuff DeLorean. old and busted. I want to get that new and sexy automobile machinery. Yeah, delorean matic You know, we have so many good business ideas, and neither the drive nor the capital to do any of them. Yeah, good and all the time I hear stories like, later, I'm going to tell a story about guys who just started a company. Like this dude making 16 mm-hmm. grand a year. Yeah. It's like, well, I'm going to start a car company. Well, <laughs> yes. 16 grand a year <laughs> in the 50s. <laughs> but still, even 16 grand a year in the 50s wasn't that much. Do conversion. He did. $150,000 $150, a year. No, six, that was 56, I thought you said. 
that was $16,000 equals $150,000 Oh, yeah. Today. yeah. Yeah, that's still not that much. I'm to damn. start a car company. Far more than I make. <laughs> to start a car company. Considering a house cost $800. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good price. Yeah, that's a good price for a house. I wish I could find a house for $800. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he left General Motors, and he formed the DeLorean Motor Company in 1978. Yeah, DMC. The bulk of this investment, because, again, you guys kind of pointed out that he... While he was very successful, he did not have, like, start your own car industry money or start your own car company money. I don't know how much it takes to start your own car company, but I gotta imagine it's a lot. I also don't know, <laughs> yes. but I imagine it's far more now <laughs> that everything has yes. to be computerized yeah. and yes. OSHA safe. <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot, OSHA. <laughs> so a lot of the DMC's early days was just, like, raising capital and, you know, finance and all that. Yeah. Uh, the bulk of his investments came from the British government of all places. Really? Yep. Hmm. They're like, really into like solid steel cars and yeah. time travel. <laughs> yeah. It was a long game. Maybe that's it. <laughs> nice. They basically had worked out a deal with him in order to get like huge tax write offs and you know money invested into the company. He would be building the car in the UK. That, oh, that was kind of the deal. And then shipping it here and yeah. and about. I assume. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Not he also, just here. He also got investments from several very high power celebrities. Uh oh. Dean Kane. Who? <laughs> Superman. I don't know. The, I like it. The, the guy from Casablanca. Humphrey Bogart? Yeah. I'm just trying to name old celebrities. Martin Short. Martin, nope. Martin nope. Long? Martin nope. Sheen? Any of the Martins. Johnny Carson? Oh, oh okay. Twister. And Twister Sammy fame. Davis Jr. Oh. Oh, also of Twister fame. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Yeah. Yeah, it's very true. Did you, side note, yes. on the podcast, did you see Saturday Night Live this week? I did not. Yes, I saw I parts did. of it. So... <laughs> So on the weekend update, they did my favorite bit where they write jokes oh, for, each for each other, other. Oh, God, and then they don't funny. read them until they're live on I the air. I love that so much. So the one Michael Che always gives the other guy so racist things such to racist say. Things. So the joke for this one was, uh, what's that dude's wife's name? Oh, She's Black Scarlett Widow. Johansson, yeah. <laughs> Black so, Widow. So uh, he said, like, somebody will be playing, uh, not Humphrey Bogart, the one of the dudes from the Rat Pack. Yeah. The white mm-hmm. guy. The... No, the Sinatra. black guy. Yeah, Martin. Sinatra. This guy will be playing Sinatra from the Rat Pack. And then playing Sammy Davis, Davis Jr. 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 <laughs> Sammy Davis Jr. is Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> and it's his new wife. He and has it's to his read new it. wife. Oh, like, that's very funny. Like they put a picture of him up next to each other. I and love it. Oh, man. That's it was very funny. so funny. But yeah, Michael Chase always gave him just racist <laughs> things to say. Although I will say Colin, whatever his name is, like he, Colin gave, Jost. he gave him some good ones this year, oh, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those two are really good at that. They, I mean, they're the head writers of the show. But mm. yeah, that's, yeah they're, they're, both, they're both very funny dudes. I didn't realize they were the head writers. I know they were writers. Yeah, both. They don't notice they're never in any skits. Yeah, I did (laughs) notice that. They just do Weekend Update. Yeah, that's what I would do if I was on that show, just Weekend Update, and then (laughs) just right. So after he got all of the initial startup money, he began designing and producing prototypes and eventually got a working DMC-12 is what he named the car. The DeLorean? The DeLorean, yep. Its official name is the DMC-12. Then why do we call it the DeLorean? Because it, it stands for DeLorean Motor Company. That makes a lot more sense now. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you for that. What happened to the first 11 of those <laughs> yeah. cars? Yeah. Uh, uh, we don't talk about those. Well, those pre-OSHA. If, if there anything like what happened to the DMC-12. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wrecked in fire. Not great. Did he not start great. a second company where they just made Yugos? <laughs> <laughs> Rolls out the DMC-12. In 1981. Guys, what do you think a DeLorean cost in 1981? Well, I know his old salary was $16,000. That was in the 50s. Right. So yeah. less than that, though. I would say a brand yeah. new DeLorean cost $2,000. I'm going to say I'm gonna say 
five grand. Five grand? I'm going to say eight grand. Eight grand. <laughs> eight grand. I'm going to say eight job. grand. So Dave's got two. Danny's got eight. Yeah. You're both very far off. Oh, really? Uh-oh. It's a one dollar. Five hundred dollars. It's twenty-five thousand dollars. Big money. What? Yes. A DeLorean. In what year? Nineteen eighty-one. Oh all no! Metal. No! 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 Yep. It was all like solid steel, right, or something. Some uh, nonsense yeah, like that. there was a lot. There's yeah. a lot of reasons why this car was but twenty-five thousand. That's, that's like a modern sixty-thousand-dollar car. That's it traveled. Like, that's around seventy thousand dollars in today's. Yeah. Car. Well, it traveled into the past, Dave. So that's, yeah, yeah. You know I what? Mean, if it actually time traveled, that's a steal. For that's a really good. By <laughs> by comparison, the DMC twelve cost more. More than a souped-up Camaro, and the bummer on that is it's nowhere near as good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Deloreans cost more than like Lamborghinis. That's wow, um, that's pretty wild. They also <laughs> they didn't sell. They also didn't run very well. <laughs> to be determined. So yeah, well they ran on what was it? Biomatter. You just put it in a blender. <laughs> well, they did. <laughs> well, <laughs> I assume that every single Delorean is the one I've seen in Back to the, the Future. The problem yep. is if you want to use it as a time travel, you have to get uranium, and that's mm. where the big problem. Mm. Yeah, u- uranium is hard to find. Yeah, they got it from the Libyans, but I don't know if that's even. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that they had to buy at least like three or four Deloreans for that movie, so there was probably fifty percent of the sales right there's there. 75 grand right there <laughs> mm-hmm. so the delorean was a huge hit like, yeah when it was released even it, though it had three pretty major things working against it the first the, the price was money yeah that's uh, fair the car was expensive to make yeah, yeah. oh i wonder do you, do you know how much it cost them to make no in your face in my face <laughs> i don't know the exact price but i do have some very horrifying and entertaining stories about their production issues was it not osha safe it was not osha safe (laughs) oh so it's our modern day tesla factory yeah (laughs) just sweeping stuff under the rug it's fine it's fine it's fine uh he's a humanitarian yeah if you like elon musk he's i don't want to hear about it he's going to space (laughs) if you love elon musk i mean do some research (laughs) yeah that's all i I will say about that uh the second major factor working against the delorean was time the schedule from conception to production was tight. Like it took a lot of time to get the design nailed down because mm-hmm. again, had the gull wing doors, had a lot of features that most other cars at the time didn't have. Yeah. Made, and that was, you know, exacerbated by how expensive the parts were to make it. Mm. That makes sense. Yep. And then finally, uh, the a third major reason why it was kind of a disaster was the conflict surrounding the car. Uh oh. Like uh, Conflict Diamond. Yeah, you had to mine the car. (laughs) (laughs) So the the DMC-12 was uh, manufactured in Ireland in the the early 80s. Oh, man. So this was an IRA problem? And so, like, (laughs) yes, it was. Half the car was made by Catholics. Half the car was made by Protestants. (laughs) And they couldn't stop blowing up the other side of the factory. One out of every four cars came with a bomb in it. Yeah, yeah. So that was exactly what happened. It was the height of the Troubles. And at one point, the factory <laughs> was bombed. Oh, oh man. No. Yeah. IRA, what are you doing? Come on, yeah. man. I need a Back to the Future car. Yeah. So a bomb destroyed a portion of the factory and completely burned all of the original engineering sketches for the car. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. He didn't have them backed up to the cloud? It, you got to no. put that in the cloud. <laughs> Come on, homeboy. No, it was a huge, it was a huge deal. Uh, in order to complete the initial assembly for the first run of cars, they had to share the factory space with the army who used it as a base. <laughs> <laughs> what, are, what are they making jeeps right next door? That's a good idea. <laughs> yep. Yep. Thinking outside the box. <laughs> so after three years of working, so basically starting in 1978 and ending in 1981, the first DeLorean DMC was debuted and it was like hard work. It was near constant failure and they were released 
and they were complete failures. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Like barely worked? They barely worked. The cars were terrible. Because of all of the issues surrounding them between the time crunch, they were very hastily assembled. And they shipped to the U.S. as quickly as they could. <laughs> <laughs> this will be fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. So they were thrown together. They were shipped to the U.S. And as soon as they landed, customers started complaining about a multitude of problems. Yeah, I don't understand. Like, if you know it doesn't work, like, what's the point of even sending it out? I, I guess you don't have any other choice. You yeah, I mean, you have to do it. Like, oh, it's kind of like cyberpunk. It's <laughs> very timely right now Excellent but it will point not, Mark It will not age well yeah. Excellent point Mark Thank you <laughs> Give it three months And all the patches come out God, And then I that comment so. Won't age I, well at all I hope so It's okay I can understand why John DeLorean did it Because like He was literally Hemorrhaging money And he said I have to get product Out to the market As soon as possible Well you know what happened After Cyberpunk released That company hemorrhaged money <laughs> <laughs> Their yeah, stock true. price dove Yeah yeah, what if I just started releasing this podcast just like half edited? Like and then the first like, half sounds fine and the second half just... I guess people uh, wouldn't buy it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to figure out why we would hemorrhage money if I did it that way. Yeah. People would complain, I just wouldn't respond to the email. Yeah. <laughs> so facing consumer backlash, John DeLorean opened a quality assurance center in the U.S. to fix the problem. The earliest arriving cars were rebuilt from the ground up. Wow. Yeah, that so had to be cheap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so silly. <laughs> yeah, they basically had to disassemble them and then reassemble them after they were turned in by the consumer. That's that doesn't seem like a waste of time. No, <laughs> no, no. It cost DMC a ton of money and further exacerbated like their budgetary restrictions and problems. Um, over the course of the design process, over three thousand significant changes had been made in order to get the cars road ready. Three wow! Yeah, yeah. That seems like you just started over at yeah. that point. <laughs> like, I don't know how many parts to a car there are. I know at it was seven. less then because now we have like so many computerized oh, things. Yeah, like yeah. it's more now, but mm-hmm. but I can't imagine it's a ton more than three thousand. Yeah, by that by that time, it's just like the same car in name only. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Like maybe the outside shape is the same. Yeah, the door still the, the, the door, door doesn't still, fall off when you open it. The door still opens up, but other than that. And yet, for all of the problems, the cars were an outrageous success of the United States. That's Which crazy. is so crazy yep. to me. Yeah, uh, DeLorean proved that with the right combination of style and celebrity, Americans will indeed buy an inferior product. Yeah. Uh, I'll yep. stay behind that. <laughs> sure. During the first six months of availability, DeLorean outsold uh, both Mercedes Benz and Porsche luxury cars in your face and they were so popular that american express in an advertising stunt for their new gold card partnered with dmc to commission no more than 100 special edition gold-plated deloreans gold-plated gold-plated deloreans they in order to do this they had to take spare parts from the factory and dmc made two of the deloreans and then had another company plate them with 24 karat gold What's the gas mileage on a 24 karat gold plated car? That's crazy. Probably like four miles to the gas. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think the DeLorean had great gas mileage anyway. No. My favorite part about that entire story is that they had they literally built the cars just from parts they had laying around. That's Because so awesome. they had that many parts. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, just they, they didn't have like a fully designed production process. So it was wow. like, well, I've got an alternator here and well, I've you got know, like, like, an engine here. When you take something apart and put it back together, there's always some spare parts. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> yeah true. very true. Um, so these gold-plated DeLoreans were sold for eighty-five thousand uh, dollars. At that time, it was more than double what you would pay for a Ferrari. That's Ooh. crazy. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they made sure to mention that you could purchase these gold-plated DeLorios, DeLorios, <laughs> <laughs> with the cream filling. Oh, delicious. <laughs> Delorio might be the best thing I've ever heard. 
If, oh man. if if Nabisco doesn't yeah. come out with a Delorio, a they're Delorio. missing out for on like a... the fortieth anniversary of the uh, <laughs> Back to the Back Future. To the Future, they should make <laughs> Delorios. Just release Delorios. Oh my god! Uh, I'm gonna write a letter today. Yeah, and we demand I don't know a free time stamp this so we can ship it to Nabisco. <laughs> um, Delorios. <laughs> They made sure to mention that you could purchase these gold DeLoreans uh, with their brand new gold card. <laughs> Who's got like 75 grand credit yep. to drop on a car? <laughs> yep. Nuts. So although uh, American Express commissioned 100, uh, only five of these gold-plated DeLoreans were ever produced. You don't say. Yeah. <laughs> Who'd have no thought? one was dropping the dime <laughs> on that. So you may ask yourself, why did Mark start this whole topic by talking about drug smuggling? DeLoreos. DeLoreos and cocaine. <laughs> What's the creamy center? Liquid it's, cocaine. It's, it's, it's crack cocaine. That's how you smuggle it. <laughs> and the reason why is because of all these setbacks, DMC was forced into near bankruptcy four years after they opened up their business. That's crazy. They sound like a pretty sound company. I know, right? <laughs> they sound like they're a streamlined <laughs> enterprise. <laughs> so John DeLorean decided he wasn't going to give up on his dream, no matter what the cost was going to be. Was his dream all the cocaine he could sniff? <laughs> <laughs> no, his dream was just to make like a functional car company. He's not a drug guy, which is why what happens next is like super interesting. He decided that because he was in such a desperate circumstance, he was going to make the biggest mistake of his entire career. <laughs> He decided that? <laughs> yeah. I've yeah. made a decision. Today I'll make the biggest <laughs> biggest mistake ever. He needed $17 million to keep the company afloat. That's a lot of money in the 80s. Yeah. DeLorean was approached by a former neighbor named James Timothy Hoffman, who wanted to know if he was interested in meeting with an international ring of cocaine smugglers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is this Hoffman as in Hoffa? Nope, just Hoffman. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yes, like that'd be crazy. Uh, he said he knew a way for DeLorean to work a deal with these guys and get a quick return on an investment. <laughs> but if it doesn't return fast enough, they break his legs. Yeah, <laughs> right. I'm familiar with this type of <laughs> investment. Uh, so with no other way to keep DMC afloat, John DeLorean agreed to meet with the men and he offered as collateral 40 of his DMC 12s in exchange for 100 kilos of cocaine. <laughs> so he didn't take cash? No, no, he didn't that. have cash. He they had no didn't cash. Have cash. They don't work in cash. Yeah. They work in cocaine. So he offered up forty DeLoreans, and he's like, "These are worth twenty five thou each. I'll take two hundred twenty pounds of cocaine, please." Wow. So he takes the cocaine, then he sells it, and then he pays back the money he owes. Yeah, boom! You flip it. You flip it, and then you have, <laughs> then you got profit. I get where his heads at. Yep. So he met with Seems the drug simple. smugglers in a hotel room near Los Angeles International Perfect. Airport. Nothing shady. Nope, nope. not at all. Uh, the men had with them fifty nine pounds of cocaine worth about six point five million dollars not enough he needs just, more listen you just got to work out the initial deal first that's true you don't you want get to... your feet wet in the drug game <laughs> well they got to make sure you can handle that much weight right they don't want to give you a bunch of weight if you can't move it i get it you got two I... phones one for the plug one for the load <laughs> mark what... knows way more about drug you. dealing than i do i feel like mark's just watched a lot of the wire <laughs> yes exactly yeah everyone knows you don't do any of the uh, any of the dealing on phones oh my god no you on, pagers it's, and then you go to get a wire phone. up on you yeah <laughs> You gotta be like Marlo. Don't be like Marlo. But if you're gonna do cocaine, like be traffic like, crack, yeah, be like Marlo. <laughs> be be more Stanfield and less Barksdale. That's all I'm saying. After DeLorean took possession of the cocaine, he was immediately arrested by FBI, nar FBI narcotics officers. You know mm. what? This checks out. This is, yep. This is a very believable part of the story. <laughs> uh, DeLorean had no way of knowing it, but James Timothy Hoffman was a uh, confidential informant for the FBI. What a 
but ridiculous he went to thing to yeah, do. Yeah, but he yeah. went to him. Yep. That is such a shady setup. Yeah. After finding out DeLorean was experiencing financial difficulties, Hoffman approached him about a potential deal. So after, shady. After, I hate everything about this now. After getting the okay, Hoffman contacted the FBI, who helped facilitate the deal with the cocaine. Uh, DeLorean, understandably, was quite furious about all of this. Yeah, sure. that seems was... like that might be entrapment. Yep. That's very much entrapment. He was facing a maximum penalty of 15 years in prison and a $25,000 fine. And then that kicked off two years of legal motions, culminating in DeLorean's ar- lawyers arguing in court that the engineer had been a victim of entrapment. Yeah, yeah. agreed. Because, because it's entrapment if they convince you to do the crime. Yeah. yeah. They uh, he did not seek out yeah. in any way, shape, or form to be a drug dealer. Mm-hmm. Because Hoffman was trying to beat a cocaine rap of his own from a 1981 trafficking case. There it is. He knew his former neighbor needed money. He contacted DeLorean about the deal with the knowledge of the FBI. Because of this and the casual nature of their relationship, as well as DeLorean's lack of criminal history, his argues uh, his, sorry. His lawyers argued that the FBI illegally surveyed and entrapped him. I hope that the judge agreed. August 16th, 1984, a jury of his peers agreed and found John DeLorean not guilty. Thank thank goodness. I turned a corner real fast about my feelings on him. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, if he's out there doing it, I'm not saying what he agreed to do is good. But But but. if somebody else convinces you to do it and then you get arrested for it because he's an informant. It would have been one thing if they were like following the drug dealers and then he bought cocaine Mm -hmm. and then they arrested him from that. Absolutely. And everyone got arrested. I would have been like, "Ah, I mean, yeah, you made a dumb decision. But at (laughs) this point now, I'm I'm pro DeLorean. (laughs) But if the FBI is dangling like drugs in front of you being like, you want to sell it? And you've never never done it before. You're like, okay. And you in no way sucked it out. Mm-hmm. Seeked. That's absolute. Did seek. He didn't seek Suited. it out. Suited it. <laughs> Suited it. Sucked. This is why I can't be a drug dealer. Like I know that they care about grammar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I was the one to suit you out. <laughs> oh no, this guy's old. This guy's yeah, a, this guy's a, a rat. rat. <laughs> <laughs> so Delorean was free to go, but his reputation and business were absolutely ruined. <laughs> sure. When leaving the courthouse, a reporter asked Delorean if he planned on returning to the car business. With uncharacteristic bitterness, Delorean replied, "Quote: Would you buy a used car from me?" It's true. He's true. He's right. <laughs> he then whispered. You want some cocaine? Yeah. Yeah, but for real, though, I got the plug. <laughs> yeah, I don't sell cars anymore. <laughs> I sell cocaine. <laughs> DMC was bankrupt, and production of DMC-12 stopped. And a final twist of the knife, DeLorean was indicted on charges of defrauding investors and committing tax frauds. Tax fraud. Tax Tra- fraud. Tax fraud. Taxed frauds is. Taxidermy and, fraud. <laughs> and committing so tax... So much of stuffed squirrels. <laughs> Illegally, though. <laughs> We didn't report them on his <laughs> Yeah, we, so you move the cocaine. Yeah, exactly. You put you put the cocaine inside the squirrel. So I can't defend him on the tax fraud and all that. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, that's that sounds like he probably problem. definitely did yeah. that stuff. I don't. Uh, I don't think he was like trapped. They didn't entrap him into tax fraud. Yeah, no. But he was found subsequently not guilty of that crime too. Oh my gosh, he's the most innocent man ever. Not a great businessman, but <laughs> no, right. Uh, DMC was bankrupt and ruined, but the DeLorean would go on to live in pop culture for the next forty years. Uh, it was immortalized in the 1985 movie Back to the Future, which oh, you guys have never talked heard about of it. nonstop. <laughs> what's, what's back to the back, what? to where? back to okay? So get this: <laughs> it's a movie about a guy who goes to the past, yeah. But his mom falls in love with him, mm-hmm. but he's got to get his mom to fall in love with his dad because the little photograph he's holding <laughs> starts to disappear. Did you learn this from a board game? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so we also do a board game podcast, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and we just recently played the Back to the Future board game. And so Which is fantastic, like, by the way. Yeah, back to the Future, game. back in time. If you want to hear about it, listen to episode 41 of Random Draw, a board game podcast. Yeah. We'll look for you there. I mean, it's just on the internet. I'm yeah. not, the I'm not looking anywhere. The DeLorean was the most stylish, uh, one of the most stylish time machines of all time. Mm-hmm. Time machines of all time. That's right. That's right. That's what I my agree. notes tell me. It's no TARDIS. <laughs> Uh, I'm just going to start naming time machines now. I think I'm out. Was, so they were they were debating on what the, like, this is a fun little trivia fact I learned about the movie. They were going to make the time machine a refrigerator, but Spielberg, who I guess is a producer on that movie, maybe? Sure. Spielberg or Zemeckis, one of the two guys, was, like, worrying about kids climbing into refrigerators and getting stuck. Yeah, yeah. and in the 50s, they closed, too. Like, they had latches. Yeah, there's no getting out of that. No. So by the 80s, I figure some homes still had those. So they're like, well, we're going to make it actually a car. Bob Gale, the writer and producer of Back to the Future, rejected an offer from Ford. Uh, it was $75,000 to make the time machine a Mustang. That That's would have been perfectly fine. Yeah. A and, Ford F-150. And here's a funny thing that is <laughs> a very funny reply that he had to it that we can't have in the <clears throat> podcast for obvious reasons because it's got a lot of profanity. He's like, no, Doc Brown doesn't drive a <laughs> Mustang. <laughs> <laughs> so, really yeah, it was very funny. DeLorean <clears throat> would later on write a thank you letter to Bob Gale for including the car in the movie. For, as for DeLorean himself, he lived with he lived his life without ever making another automobile. Uh, he declared bankruptcy after 40 lawsuits forced him to sell all of his assets. 40 lawsuits? 40 lawsuits, mm-hmm. <sighs> including a 400-acre estate that he sold to future one-term president and bad guy of board game history, Donald J. Trump. Mm. Oh, man. Speaking of unlimited amounts of lawsuits. Yeah. <laughs> Weird how that all works out. Hey, what do you guys think he, Trump did with the estate? He, uh, I assume lost it in one of the lawsuits. Built a car factory on uh, it. Did he try to make a university on it that he never got accredited and robbed a bunch of people's money from? He made a DeLorean restoration factory. I like all of these guesses. Do but you he, know? He actually built a golf course on it. That uh, makes way more sense than everything we've said. DeLorean designed a... Anyway, it's Mar-a-Lago. Yeah. <laughs> now it's now it's Mar-a-Lago. He designed... Uh, DeLorean, this is, designed a raised monorail system and received a patent for it, but it was never constructed. And in the years before his death, DeLorean dreamed of resurrecting the car company and designing a new car called the DMC2. He spent hours working on the design and launched a new company called DeLorean Time that sold luxury watches in order to raise funds for its production. DeLorean 2? The first one was called DeLorean 12. Yeah. DMC 12. That's stupid. Once Uh, again, Xbox must have named this. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) The DeLorean Series 12. I can't wait for his follow-up company, Run DMC. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. It's good. As they make shoes. Smart shoes. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't meant to be. Uh, DeLorean suffered a stroke and died March 19th, 2005, at the age of 80 years old. His ashes are currently interred at White Chapel Cemetery in Troy, Michigan, and his tombstone is adorned with the car he gave his name to. Well, there's a place I'll never visit. You don't want to Detroit? I don't care about graveyards. Oh. <laughs> Everyone there is dead. I've never seen the point in going to one. Well, there's like gravekeepers that are alive. Mm-hmm. Are they cool? I don't know. Do you think they have a board game collection? <laughs> Inevitably, one has to. Right? <laughs> Just statistically. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man. Uh, you into the 80s? Yeah. <laughs> what do I have a podcast for you? <laughs> Mark, excellent work. And that's the story of the DMC-12. I would like uh, to... I've never ridden in one i would like to ride in one i would too i, I have would... sat in one but yeah. it was not it was, was it not in, a, in motion like a museum no it was uh like a car show oh that's oh, cool nice car show air show dave does it all show showtime <laughs> i'm a real show oh, i'm <laughs> in the showbiz he's a showboy <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome uh thank you mark great job thank next you. up uh, dave hubbard t- 
Today, we are talking about a slightly smaller thing than a car. Still has a little bit of steel. It is the Koosh Ball. The Koosh Ball. Koosh the ball. Koosh Ball. These are the rubbery, plasticky balls that you would huck at each other as children. Well, Mark, spiky. let Maybe? me read you the official description of a Koosh Ball okay. All right, according to their patent. Oh, their patent. Oh. According to their patent, it is, quote, an amusement device which has a substantially <laughs> spherical configuration and which is formed from a large plurality of floppy elesotomeric filaments that radiate in a dense, bushy manner from a central core region. Oh, good. I know exactly what you mean by <laughs> so, yeah. that description. It's, it's basically a steel ball with a bunch of rubber around it and they all stick out. Yeah. As like, a consumer, I got to say, I love a product that is uh, described as floppy. <laughs> <laughs> so his actual description of it, like when he's talking about it, uh, he says that uh, the filaments are sufficiently floppy to collapse on impact, <laughs> thus to absorb enough energy to avoid any tendency to bounce. They are also sufficiently dense and floppy that they tend to quickly thread their way between the fingers of a user on contact with a, the hand. Get a thesaurus. <laughs> yep. <laughs> These features promote sure and quick capture of the device during the act of catching. Oh, the act man. of catching, which is floppy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like this guy, Darby O'Floppy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These are all from the official patent application, which will actually get to later. If this Ooh. was made in the 50s, it'd be the Flopomatic. The Flopomatic. <laughs> uh, what year do you think of the Cushball? We made? call that the Sidney Crosby and Hockey Circle. Am I right? In your face, Crosby, you nerd. (laughs) Good good one, Mark. Thank you. Uh, What was your question, Dave? Uh, What year do you think it came out? I'll give you a hint. I hope it was in the 80s. I hope the 80s. (laughs) Give me 1982. All right. I will say 1986. Correct. It is the year of Mark and I. This is actually how I came across this. I was randomly looking up stuff that happened the year of my birth, and the Kush ball being invented came out. (laughs) I had a one in ten chance of getting that. (laughs) Yeah. Nice. Uh, So in late 1986, a guy named Scott Stillinger. He Scott was, Floppinger. <laughs> well, well, he was playing, trying to teach his kids how to play catch. Okay. And I don't know if he's terrible at throwing things uh-huh. or his kids were just atrocious at closing their hands. I have the answer that. It is kids closing their hands. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. the, the point is his kids were not picking up on the catching mechanic. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. because kids clap their hands together mm-hmm. to try to catch things, and that is not how you catch things. Or it bounces off of their hand, and then they close their hand. Yeah, stupid motor skills. You know what would work better? If it had floppy filaments. <laughs> <laughs> he's right. He's right. All right, yeah. So he was having a hard time with his kids catching. Yeah, so he's having a real tough, tough go of it. So mm-hmm. he uh, <laughs> starts... My dad can relate. <laughs> also mine. Uh, so he starts to make the original prototype, which was actually just a bunch of rubber bands all tied together around a little wooden like dowel thing that he had okay uh that was the original prototype of it and he found it was sort of neat so he gets this bright idea he's like dude i should make these this is such a good idea so he shows it to his brother-in-law who happens to be uh very high up in marketing at mattel at the time oh nice so <laughs> sure. just random it's guy sure yeah. you know random it's, guy it's easy to sell a toy if you're uh <laughs> yeah. your brother-in-law's on a mattel exec yeah <laughs> so he shows this prototype to his brother-in-law named mark button hey yeah hey button button look at this it's floppy look at it. <laughs> it's floppy it doesn't bounce catch it <laughs> 
<laughs> so he shows it to Button, and they loved it. They showed it to their wives. Their wives were like, "I think you have a real hit." On let your me hands. let me interrupt real fast. Oh man, what are the chances that Mark Button has ever like finished a pitch by saying, "And let me just put a button on this"? That's terrible. <laughs> it's assume I assume that's the only way yeah. he finishes oh, yeah, yeah, pitches. Yeah, yeah. And like- if it's not Mark Button. You're a loser. That <laughs> I was like, gold. <laughs> I like that this guy showed it to their wives, and their wives were really ecstatic about it because that is the opposite of anything I ever showed to my wife. Oh, yeah. My <laughs> wife, on principle, won't laugh at my jokes because she doesn't want to accidentally encourage me. When I'm a pa- <laughs> when I'm painting a Warhammer 40K mini and I show it to my wife and she goes, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, fine. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so it turns out. These guys got real encouraging yeah, lives. That's Bummer. nice. I like that. So they uh, went ahead and showed it to the owner of a local toy store. And that local toy store owner said, quote, you're going to be millionaires. Wow. Floppy millionaires. Well, so they decided, you know what? We are going to be millionaires. So they went ahead and quit their jobs. Whoa. That is a bold like that. strategy. And founded Odds On. O-D-D-Z. So instead on. of selling this to Mattel, they just started their own company? Yep. <laughs> I mean, they did eventually sell it, but we'll get there. But yeah. not to Mattel. In your face, I Mattel. Know, really. You nice, had bro. the inside work there and you couldn't get it? They started workshopping all sorts of different names for it originally. Yeah. They came up with like 200 and something names. They eventually settled on Kush. Take a guess why Kush was chosen. Marijuana. No. <laughs> no. That is a thing that came up when I was researching Kush yeah. balls. <laughs> I give you the Khalifa Kush ball. Uh, if you're Dang, re- sour diesel. If you're researching Kush balls, they are K-O-O-S-H. Yeah. Because it was uh, cushiony, like a couch. No, floppy is the term you're looking oh. for. <laughs> you're looking for the term. These are flop balls. Flop balls. Yeah, why wasn't it called a flop ball? Uh, That's true. It might have been one of the choices. Yeah, That's what I would have called missed it. opportunity. Well, it's off-putting. Why was it called a cush ball? It was called the cush ball because that's the sound it makes when you catch it. I have played with them, and I disagree. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like picturing any time I've ever touched one and been like, Kush. first of all, <laughs> your first question is, why is it sticky? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Why is this made of? Why does this feel like the floor of a Chuck E. Cheese? <laughs> <laughs> they uh, went ahead and, and settled on Kush. And then so the next thing, of course, was settling on the design. So it ended up being this steel ball uh-huh. with those filaments that stick like directly out from it. So it's pretty uniform all Flop around. Out, Are they uh, these floppy filaments? Yeah. Yeah, they're so floppy. Well, and there's a lot of them. Take a guess, gentlemen. How many Ooh. filaments are on the average Kush ball? 124. Ooh. <laughs> it's very specific. <laughs> I'm going to say like 623. Whoa. You guys both way low balled it. It's 2,000. Oh, okay. 2,000 floppy flop- <laughs> filaments. Yes. That's why it's so floppy. 2,000 floppers <laughs> flopping about. That's too much flop. That's a lot of, <laughs> that that is a lot of flop. flop for sure. They went ahead and put out all sorts of lines like there was Kush Balls with cartoon faces. They partnered with a bunch of stuff like there was Sesame Street ones. Uh, Archie's comic actually did a comic book run that's about oh. the Kush. That's weird. <laughs> well, that's odd. Yeah, it's weird because they ended up making like actual Koosh characters for this and they hey, named Veronica, them. All of that Veronica, too. check it out. It's floppy. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then they named them as the weird thing. Okay. Uh, oh, good. <laughs> here are the names of the six living Koosies. Okay. That's what they were called. All right. Green Bee, Boingo, Gigi, Slats, 
TK and Scopes. What is <laughs> Okay, okay, I've got some thoughts here. Scopes is... sounds like he's in the special ops. <laughs> what is TK short for? I, I don't know. It's just TK. Something cushy. <laughs> totally cushy. Totally cushy. Toblerone cush. Toblerone cush. What was the other guy? Slats? Yeah, we got Slats. That's Scopes. a dock worker. We got Grinby. 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 Yeah, Grinby. Knock off Gumby. <laughs> That's fair. What about Boingo? Oingo, Boingo. Oingo, Boingo mm-hmm. from yeah. the song, obviously. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> and Gigi was our last one. Uh, I love that movie with uh, J-Lo. <laughs> <laughs> Boingo, go. boingo. I haven't thought about Danny Elfman in a while. Yeah, there you go. All right. Right. You should always think about it at least that's, once a week. That's fair. <laughs> the, Sometimes I get Danny Elfman and Mark Mothersbaugh mixed up. I don't I was, know who Mark I don't know who that Devo, is. I believe. One's in Oingo, boingo, the other's in Devo. Fair. So all I know is Danny Elfman did the soundtrack and sang all the songs to uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yep. I was thinking of Mark Mothersbaugh, who did the soundtrack for Rugrats. Oh. Yeah. I derailed it pretty good. <laughs> so I've been calling them filaments. Those little floppy bits on yeah. a gush ball have actual names. Oh, like not... each 2000 has a different name? Yeah, and it makes it worse, in my opinion. Okay. <laughs> They're called feelers. Floppy feelers. Yeah, floppy feelers. I'm kind of all right with feelers. I don't care for it. Um, I mean, that's what you do on them. It makes <laughs> oh. me... <laughs> no, it makes me feel like they're feeling me. Yeah, it seems like a sea creature. Like, that's what they would be called. Oh, feelers. so when they first came out, the media referred to these things as Star Trek Tribbles, okay. psychedelic sea urchins. Yeah, sea urchins. Nice. And they were officially inside the company called... A cross between a porcupine and a bowl of jello. So what they are calling them, what what everybody is calling them is considerably longer than the actual name <laughs> yes, of them. Yes. Okay. They came out to real mixed reviews, actually. Like I don't a lot of people <laughs> yeah, in the okay. media, they didn't know what to yeah, make. What do you of do this? with this? Like well, now what? Like, yeah. And that was a lot of it. Now what do you do? You throw it? But what know. they did do right was get them all on those little like bowls right next to the cash register mm, at toy stores. That's the way to do it. And Impulse that's really why they sold so well. They never advertised. Cush hmm. balls were never advertised. Uh, as long they as they own the company, they How never like advertised. That? I could imagine like a 1980s Cushball commercial, and it would be so wild. It would be, but it's just like never the camera happened. zooming in and out, like whoa, whoa. <laughs> the, the floppy feelers, feelers. Feel the, feelers. <laughs> oh, the floppy feelers, fun for everyone. <laughs> oh, I don't care for it. Uh, they did release all sorts of stuff though, like three varieties of Cushballs. There's the regular one, then there's the fuzzy one. It has. 4,000 instead of 2,000 feelers. The fuzzy oh. one is the regular one, but just covered in cat hair. <laughs> it is Which like is how they all turn into. <laughs> it's when I drop it on my floor in my apartment. Yeah, and you just stare at it like, well, got to well, get a new one. Yeah, that's that. <laughs> uh, they also released the Mondo. It was just bigger. The Mondo. Yeah, was, yeah was Mondo bigger. Duke. So in 1989, uh-huh. two years after the release, the, the big release. That's three years three after years. my release. Yeah, three years <laughs> by my math. But two years after it was made by the company. Gotcha. At least, okay. uh, they came out with an official Kush book. Oh, I, a Kush book? I Did found copies of this and looked through some of the pages that I could find. They had uh, 33 different activities to do with your Kush balls. Oh, nice. They had names like some Kush Attack and La Cruche. It was, it was lacrosse <laughs> with a Kush ball. And Hopskoosh. <laughs> as well as Cushy Cushy Coo. <laughs> <laughs> They were I, the craziest names. That's I wild, dude. Hate it. That's wild. It just reminds me of like the Smurfs, where the title, where Smurf has to be like in everything. Yes. Also, these all sound like '90s grunge bands. 
Cushy, 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 cushy Sounds like when, remember when Swing came back? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For that five years. Yeah, cushy, yeah. cushy, cushy, Yeah, it was uh, the cush to the sounds of Zoot Suit Riot. Yeah, Brian, Sel- <laughs> Brian Se- Seltzer and the cushy, cushy, coo. <laughs> <laughs> oh well they had they got huge they had an official fan club like they had a whole push fan club <laughs> that was insanity they would people send... back then i'm glad we have i'm glad life is like it is i'm now. glad the internet's there now to to take some of these people's time well yeah. the official fan club still has a facebook page of course it does i don't i hate let's join yeah <laughs> i hate it let's i'm join. signing us up right now <laughs> <laughs> Dear Masters of the Flop. <laughs> so remember earlier when I was reading direct quotes from the patent? Yes. Yes. Turns out, tough to patent a ball. Oh, yeah, that would make sense. Even with floppy filaments? Mm-hmm. Still tough to patent oh, a ball. Man. So they ended up trying to patent it because cheap knockoffs were coming sure. from overseas mm-hmm. pretty swiftly. So the first thing they did is actually they would not release where their factory was. Oh. Like it was a big guarded secret because they didn't want anyone stealing the technology to make sure. Koosh we have to protect the floppy feelers. <laughs> uh, protect the koosh. <laughs> he who controls the floppy feelers controls the galaxy. Well, so they, f- <laughs> they first started trying to patent this thing in the late 80s, early 90s. By 1991, they had worked their way up to the court system. Oh. At this point, they had reached a circuit judge for the U.S. Court of Appeals in D.C. Oh, please be Kavanaugh. Please be Kavanaugh. Ruth Bader's Ginsburg. Get out of here. (laughs) Yeah. So Ginsburg herself ended up giving the final decision on Uh whether they could patent this thing or not. And she said no. She didn't say no. She said, we again empathize that we decide simply and only that the refusal of the copyright office to register the Cushball in the circumstances here presented does not constitute an abuse of discretion. We do not decide on the copyrightability of the item, and we intimate no opinion on the decision we should reach if the matter came before us in an infringement action. Just that sentence makes me know that I could never, ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So here's the thing. After reading that 14 times, <laughs> I finally figured out what it said. It said we can't really copyright it because it's a ball, mm-hmm. but if you ever sue because knockoffs are here, we're not saying yeah. you can't win that lawsuit. Right. We're just saying we can't copyright it yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I, I said, can, 14 readovers. <laughs> I think we can all agree that's perhaps her most important decision made in her jurisprudence career. I can't yeah. even think of anything nope. that she's ever done. That's yeah. more Nothing that, bigger. That all, that all seems very important. Yeah, that was for sure. <laughs> the highlight. <laughs> that one goes on the highlight reel for RGB. <laughs> well, it just cracked me up because I'm reading about this. I'm like, holy crap, it's Ruth Bader Ginsburg who actually decided this. I was this. hoping it'd be like somebody important. Yeah, <laughs> not just like Judge Joe Schmo. Judge Judy. Judge <laughs> Judge Judy Flopperson. By that time period, they were in over 14,000 stores worldwide, 20 countries. They were raking in about $30 million a year. That's good. Good business. for Lots of scratch for some stupid floppy filaments. It's obviously the perfect time to sell the company. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) So they sold it to Mattel. I'm kidding. They sold it to Hasbro. <laughs> of course they did. Because as Hasbro, you said Mattel, I was like, that's not true. Yeah, it would Hasbro make sense everything. to sell to Mattel. They had no. in their connections there. They sold it to Hasbro, who doesn't even currently have the rights. They sublet out the rights uh, to actually still make Cushballs. The current Cushball website, if you go there, it's the dumbest thing. You can't really click on anything. It just... <laughs> has pictures of cush balls like mm-hmm. a static in. website well, i for one can't it. wait for the death row 
Koosh. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, come on, come on, Hasbro. Come on, Hasbro. I know you got them rights. Now Magic that has- the Gathering Koosh balls. balls. Well, yeah. now that Hasbro can do the D and D Kush, they can do the Peppa Pig Kush. Mm-hmm. They can That's do true. The- Death Row and the Death get, Row Kush. I was gonna say if you get the E one artists involved, you could That's hopefully true. get Wiz Khalifa, and you can you could literally have a Khalifa Kush. Yeah, Khalifa these are Kush. these are all companies so many, that Hasbro currently owns because so they own Wizards of the Coast. Smell that the Khalifa Kush for sure. Yeah, man, we call it flop. <laughs> I'm just saying that because all of that stuff was on our other podcast. Yeah. You yeah, realize yeah, that, yeah. right? This is this is us being like, hey, you should listen to our other stuff. It's really interesting too. <laughs> That's interesting. So yeah, there you go. There was Man, the Kush ball. The Kush ball. Yeah, they, uh, they still exist. You can still buy them all over I the place. I want one. No. I didn't. I didn't expect RGB to be in the story. No, got to be honest. I know she was kind of the villain. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, she. Well, because her answer was so non-committal. It was like basically. Uh, no right now, but maybe yes later. Her mm-hmm. answer was so legalese. <laughs> oh, as everything. So was. annoying. Well, I read so much of this like patent law going back and forth with this Kush stuff, and I just I gave up because I didn't understand. Half it's of it. so ridiculous. But I mean, I guess. It reminded on- me why I don't ever read end user agreements, and I just click accept. Oh, yeah. You yeah. can sell me on anything in those. <laughs> Here's my problem. Can I email you and go, well, I don't agree with this section, <laughs> so can I not sign I know there used to play your game? There used to be stories where people would get sent those like in the mail and then for certain things, and then they would cross out parts of it and send it back, and then the company would just like sign it and, throw, and put it away, and then the guy's like, no, according to our end-user agreement that I audited <laughs> and you signed, like, and the company's like, oh, crap, like, yeah, so they get yeah. stuck with stuff. But, That's why you got a legal department now. Yeah, now it's all different. Now it's all gone to hell. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Good topic. It was fun. Next up, myself. I'll be talking about the classic Pac-Man. Waka, 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 waka. Yeah, I love love Pac-Man. Terrible at it. Love it, though. Hard game. Yeah. What's the furthest you guys ever made it? Not very far. Second level, I think, for me. Oh, no. I got farther than that, but not a ton further. I got to the end screen. Why don't you wear your fancy pants to the show, showboy? I'm wearing pajama pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I sat in a DeLorean. I beat Pac-Man. <laughs> so uh, Pac-Man video game came out, first debuted in uh, Japan mm-hmm. in May 21st, 1980, and then was released in the United States in October of the same year. Oh, nice. Okay. Yep, back in the day. Was it called the exact same thing in Japan? Nope. <laughs> it sure was not. <laughs> in Japanese, they called it, it was either called Puck Puck or Paku Paku, okay. which means munching. That makes munch a lot of eat. sense. Yeah. So but all the, it was. <laughs> the, original, <laughs> the original Japanese name was Puck Man. But uh, we changed it to Pac-Man because we're dirty Americans. I have a question. USA. Is it because people would scratch out a portion of the P on the side of the (laughs) Oddly enough, it says uh, the original Japanese name was Puck-Man, an easily vandalized name. (laughs) (laughs) Well, turns out I would have been great if I was a teen in the 80s. Easily, easily vandalized. This new game is rules. (laughs) Yeah, what's this game about? (laughs) He's just eating dots. That's not what the name says. Uh, so the game was created by Namco in Japan and uh, was released in the United States by a company called Midway. It was, the company was called Midway? 
You said it like they are not a large company. They did Mortal Kombat and all sorts of stuff. Uh, Yeah, Midway by a company called Midway. (laughs) Oh, okay. I was like, it's weird that a company called Midway would be releasing a Japanese game. Yeah. I never really put that together before. Uh, Yeah. By 1981, approximately 250 million games of Pac-Man were being played in the United States each week. On a hundred thousand Pac-Man machines. That's so many. That's a lot of Pac-Man. <laughs> yeah. So people came over and people uh, really enjoyed the Pac-Mans or Puck-Man. Uh, nope, Pac-Man. <laughs> si- uh, <laughs> since uh, its original release, Pac-Man has been released on pretty much every video game platform. And even on uh, May twenty first, two thousand ten, Google Doodle featured it. Like oh, the, yeah. the Google yeah. Home screen had Pac Man, and it's funny. Uh, Google was tracking how many people were playing it, and it was just like people were playing from their work computers, and instead of working, they're just <laughs> playing Pac Man. Yeah. Uh, it was just it was crazy. The designer of the game, uh, here comes the Japanese name. So, sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, his first name was Toru Iwatani. That's what I'm going to go with. Okay. Uh, he said he conceived uh, Pac-Man because there was an overwhelming number of games with violent themes. This was 1980. Okay. So he gave examples of Asteroids, Space Invaders, Tail Gunners, and Galaxian, which were games where essentially you, you're going you're around and you're, shoot, you're yeah. shooting mm-hmm. things. So he came out and said, I, I, I have a better idea. <laughs> At worst, you'll eat ghosts. I have a, I have a, <laughs> I have a fever dream idea. <laughs> uh, so the game, uh, if you're unfamiliar with Pac-Man somehow, uh, the game begins with the player using a joystick to move Pac-Man around uh, the board. Your goal is to uh, move around a maze-like screen and consume 240 dots or what is on the screen and avoid being attacked by one of the four hunting ghosts, sometimes... Uh, they were also called monsters. I've never Ooh. heard it called that. Always I, been ghosts. Yeah, Pinky, always blinky. Been ghosts. Here you go. Pinky and Dot. Nope. I think No. Oh, no. Nope. Uh, not Dot. Nobody was named Dot. It was like Inky, Pinky, Blinky, and Sam. Yeah, it was like the last name is <laughs> ridiculous. Like so there was four ghosts. Okay. Four ghosts in total. The red one was Blinky. Okay. Light blue was Inky. Inky, Blinky. Pink was Pinky. Yeah. And orange was named Clyde. 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 I knew it was just yep. something Clyde. <laughs> As I was reading this, it said something that I didn't realize because I'm not a high level <laughs> Pac-Man player. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But each ghost has its own attack strategy. Really? Oh, yeah. Really? So the that's ghosts, cool. the ghosts don't all act the same. So just for example, one of them, Blinky, they also sometimes call him like a shadow attacker because he moves the fastest. He's the fastest of all the ghosts. So his design was like he would chase the players. I play it and I'm like, oh, here comes the ghost. I (laughs) never knew. Yeah, they trapped me in a corner. (laughs) You hang out next to the big dot. Yeah. And then when they're close, you eat it, and yeah. then you eat the ghost. Then you eat the ghost. Yeah. yeah. So um, that's incredible. That's pretty sophisticated programming. For yeah. That they all act different. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, so as the game progresses, the ghosts leave the quote unquote ghost cage in the center of the maze <laughs> and roam around the board. Uh, if your Pac Man gets hit by a ghost, you lose a life. And uh, if you lose all your life, your, your game restarts, obviously. That's how games used to be. How yeah. often could you save? Zero saves. <laughs> Zero saves. An auto save feature? No auto saves. <laughs> Wow. Yep, I know. This was a roguelike. <laughs> you never it's like got nothing carried over. Uh, so in the early 1980s, the nonviolent and goofy nature of Pac-Man made it a phenomenal attraction. In 1982, an estimated 30 million Americans spent $8 million a week Ooh, playing wow. Pac-Man. In quarters. In quarters. Uh, the he- heft of that. Yep, it's that's crazy, right? That's <laughs> many tons. So many that quarters. Is, that is a lot of money. The popularity among teenagers made it threatening to their parents 
because parents in the 80s hated kids having fun. You know, if there's one thing I know about parents is that they just don't understand. They just don't understand. <laughs> so so this is also something I was unaware of with the 80s. So Pac-Man was loud and stunningly popular. The arcades and the machines were located were noisy and congested places. Many towns in the United States passed statutes to regulate and restrict games, just as they were allowed to regulate pinball machines and pool tables to combat gambling and other quote-unquote immoral behaviors. Oh, wow. That's kind of cool. <laughs> yep. really getting lucivious with my Pac-Man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, who's gambling on Pac-Man? <laughs> yeah. For also, real what do degenerate. You... <laughs> $5. Yeah, he doesn't make it to level three. You're $5. A, yeah, you're a real degenerate <laughs> yeah. if you're gambling on Pac-Man. I love, it. I love the idea of an odds maker just like stalking the... The Pac-Man Hall is looking for yeah. a champ. Level five, over under. That yeah. reminds me <laughs> of the movie uh, from the eighties, uh, Wizard. Where oh, it was like yeah. this big, huge thing. There was like a tournament, and like kids were going nuts. Yep, That's three to one, uh, three to one decapitation. <laughs> <laughs> there was places like uh, De Plains, Illinois, banned people under twenty-one from playing video games wow. unless they were accompanied by their parents. And you know you're not getting your dad <laughs> off the couch on a yeah, Saturday afternoon to go play to take you to play Pac-Man. To take you to a Pac-Man. He's got too much light beer to drink. <laughs> this Listen, Coors, if, I can, if I can bring a high life in, yeah. <laughs> this Coors Light ain't gonna drink itself. Son. Uh, Marshfield, Massachusetts, banned video games outright. Oh wow, just banned them. Uh, some cities used licensing or zoning to limit video game playing. A license to run an arcade could be could stipulate that it had to be at least a certain distance from a school, or it couldn't sell food or alcohol. Oh, right. So <laughs> these, I don't know why they were so mad, at, like Pac-Man, but like it it just sprung up. It made arcades so popular because of, of Pac-Man. Then a bunch of other games followed. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> these parents couldn't keep their kids out of them, so they're like passing laws so to keep nuts. their kids out of them. That's why. Or you could man. just be a better parent, Dave. Don't be stupid. Sorry. How dare I just expect <laughs> parents to stupid parent. fool. <laughs> parents are going to parent their kids. Let Pac-Man do it. Don't let Pac-Man do <laughs> it, apparently. Don't let do it. So Pac-Man was so popular. People see this, right? They mm-hmm. go, oh, man, Pac-Man's so popular. Let's make some money on our own. <laughs> oh, Pac-Man. He's so hot right now. <laughs> <laughs> so Hans. Yeah. so uh, people started creating their own spinoffs. The most notable and unauthorized spinoff was Miss Pac-Man. I never oh. realized that was an unauthorized spin It, it was originally unauthorized. First appeared in 1981 as an unauthorized version of the game. <laughs> like less than That's a year crazy. later. Less than a year later, they're like, Miss Pac-Man. Uh, so Miss Pac-Man was created by Midway. <laughs> what? <laughs> the same company authorized to sell Get original Pac-Man that's in the crazy. U.S. Yes. Uh, it, <laughs> that's like uh, that's like Tetris back in the day. Yeah, it was. Like if some dude had just been like who working for the company that licensed it was yeah. like, no, this game's called Tetris 2, though. It's so, it was, it's so bizarre. This is Miss Tetris. Uh, it became so popular that Namco eventually made it an official game. So Namco's like, we got to get a hang of this. Like, all right, it's official. Now we get some money for it. That's mm. incredible. Uh, it's so bizarre. So Miss Pac-Man had four different mazes with varying numbers of dots compared to Pac-Man only had 240 dots. So Miss Pac-Man, the dots varied by map, and uh, it was a little bit different. Pac-Man, uh, Miss Pac-Man, sorry, Miss Pac-Man's <laughs> walls, dots, and pellets came in a variety of colors, and the orange ghost wasn't named Clyde, it was named Sue. Cause oh, because it's a female ghost. Had a little, uh, little bow. bow. That's the best way to say, uh, indicate gender. Had a bow. <laughs> yes, had a bow. In the uh-huh. 80s, no one cared about your gender. Yep. So a few of the other notable spinoffs, and most of these I've never heard of, Pac-Man Plus, Professor Pac-Man. Oh, nice. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, he went to he went to school. <laughs> he went to he went back to college. Yeah, Do yeah, you yeah. like collect enough dots and then put it in a some sort of a, a test tube? Yeah, you're <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, a yeah. doctor. Well, what happens is, Dave, is you uh, eat enough of those pellets and then you get tenure. <laughs> <laughs> and then it doesn't matter if the ghosts keep getting you yeah, and getting yeah, yeah. you. Yeah, I work here now. You could just sit there. It doesn't matter. You can't be fired. A uh, junior Pac Man. <laughs> okay. Pac Land. What? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Pac-Man World. Okay. Uh, that one I think I've played. Pac-Man World? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know that there was like a 3D Pac-Man for some system, and I couldn't wrap my hand around it. You're like, the, there's yeah, it was the, like a platformer type thing? Yeah. With, there was one for the NES. Yeah, I don't need that in my life. I just need to go in a maze. I also don't need to go in a maze. Maybe it was the Super NES. I don't know. It was a very long time ago. Yeah. Also, <laughs> they run together. Also, uh, Pac Picks, P I X. Got nothing. No, no idea what that means. It's a crossover with Pikmin. You, <laughs> no one expected that. I guess you're taking pictures. I don't oh, know. it's like a Pokemon Snap instead of Pac Man. Pac Man Snap. It's like for you're there's not just, taking. You're no, not, there's just one. You just take a say, picture of Pac Man. It's just Pac Man. You completed the game. Yeah, it's just Pac. It's just him posing a bunch of different ways. <laughs> I, I guess. So there you, dumb. There you go, Pac Man. Oddly enough, they said that the idea for Pac Man came from pizza with a slice coming oh yeah that makes sense sense to me i was like okay i get it but it was a japanese guy that made it which pizza's actually pretty big in japan in the 1980s that i can't (laughs) i was not in japan then japan much later cool uh by the mid 1990s pac-man was available on home computers game consoles and handhold devices so it was it was out there making making lots of money uh pac-man video game franchise remains one of the highest grossing and best-selling video game series of all time as of 2016 would you like to know how much money pac-man has made well if it was making eight mil a year in quarters or a day a a week week in quarters that's so that's that's so hard like how much has it made total yeah as as of of 2016 does this include all of the merchandise it just said revenue revenue okay so could be i want to say like 600 million dollars Ooh, dang. I was thinking a lot higher. I was thinking three bill. Okay. You are both way under. Oh, <laughs> get wow. Out of here. wow. As of 2016, Pac-Man has generated $14 billion oh, in revenue. So much money. Yeah, $14 billion well, in am- revenue. The amount of that money that's in quarters is what blows my that's, mind. That's crazy. That's I wild. wonder how many quarters $14 billion is. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't all in quarters, but <laughs> No, still. now I want to know. $14 billion times uh, I mean, four. Div- oh, yeah. <laughs> Divided by four. I don't even have to look yeah, that, that up, is, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that is it. Times four. That's disappointing. Yeah. It's a lot. It's yeah. a lot. It's uh, many. Uh, 40, 56. 56 yeah. yeah. 56 billion quarters. Now, let's just figure. <laughs> all right. If you're how an engineer, many, tell how, us how much weight that is. Yeah. How many? How much does one quarter weigh and then times that by 56 billion? <laughs> <laughs> so that is the story of And I need Pac-Man. that number in cush balls. Yeah. That's and wild, now, man. Yeah. $14 billion. $14 for billion Pac-Man. is so. I've never when I, when guessed I, that. <laughs> when I saw that number, I was like, that can't be right. That's made up. And then everywhere <laughs> Sorry, I went, right. it was like $14 billion. I was like, okay. All right. Well, I guess if that's you the add, truth. If you add merchandising, though, like the um, and yeah. then the cartoon. They yeah, I was going to say there was a cartoon. And, there's like you can get Pac-Man everything. Yeah. Your lunchbox licensing and your fees. And, and plus you think about I all just, the. I just thought it was so crazy that Midway's was like, they're making a ton of money off this. Let's miss Pac-Man this thing. <laughs> which, is, which is, I don't know. That's so crazy because like if you ask anybody, like how, how many people are going to say Pac-Man's their favorite game? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, nowadays, but like 
you didn't have a plethora of options in 1980 I guess and I would have just assumed that like once like Super Mario came out. Like, but this is 80 and 81. Yeah. This is pre all that. I this know. is yeah, before but all that. I would have thought that would have killed some of the popularity, but I guess not. That's not. I guess I'm wrong. What's but so by accessible? Then, like yeah. Pac-Man's so accessible. Like anybody could play Pac-Man. Yeah. Unless you're a town, you know. <laughs> unless <laughs> I bosh on that. <laughs> and you had to have a parent. I, in the- <laughs> I need to go back and just like look at those stories. All right. Of, like what? people just killing like video games. What so if crazy. Footloose. But with Pac-Man, yeah, I, <laughs> that's I what, just gotta play Pac-Man. Anyone asks me to dance, I always say I'm from the town in Footloose. <laughs> I can't dance from the town in Footloose. Sorry, this is the way it yeah, there was also so you can beat Pac-Man. There's a mm-hmm. way to to finish it, and now there's like world records for it. And there was like this big tr- like drama over this one. So people would like film themselves playing an arcade of Pac-Man and this guy had filmed himself doing it and he broke the world record for fastest time. The current world record's like 3 hours and 55 minutes. I can't imagine something Pac-Man like that. that yeah. As Pac-Man gets harder, it gets faster. So it's like yeah. it's crazy these people. And I guess the final screen, the final Pac-Man screen like shifts over, the line is down the middle and this one half of the maze is on one side, one half is on the other. It's bizarre. Oh. I can't. I can't like, even play it's like Pac-Man regular Pac-Man kill screen. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And there's actually like documentaries about this. This guy films himself right playing Pac-Man, and then it comes back that he used an emulator, which is illegal according to the rules. Okay. So he was like denied, and he fought it, and it was like in court. Like this went to like court. Wow. For, for a record? What do you he, get? Guinness if you have the Book record? pays you for stuff, but I don't think it's that much that you need to go to court. But it was like this big thing because he was like marketing himself as I am the best uh, Pac-Man player in the world, and they're like, nah. Like you cheated, but he didn't champ. cheat. He just used an emulator. Turns out he didn't. I don't know. It's all this drama. It's whoever you want to believe. But it's like uh, that other documentary about the Donkey, Donkey Kong, Kong guys. Thing. Yeah. The yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. a crazy story. That is yep. a crazy story. That, that maybe dude, we'll get to one day. Yeah, yeah. but that is uh, the story of Puck 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 Man. Puck Man. Yeah. Better name Puck Man. More easily Puck Puck vandalized <laughs> for sure. Puck Puck was my father. Puck Puck. Puck. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, please, no, no, it's not Mr. Puck. That, that was my father. That was my father. Just call me, just call me Pack. Uh, that is episode number five, Random Draw, a 1980s podcast. If you would like us to cover a topic, just send us an email at randomdrawpodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And we're there. We'll answer it. We'll we'll mm-hmm. look into to doing a story. We have to come up with these ideas on our own. So if someone else gives an idea, yeah, that'd, that'd be great. Yeah, like, that'd be better. so helpful. If you know an interesting story, share it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Just shoot us a little tip. And if you we'll liked our you pod- if you liked our podcast, and you're semi interested in board games, go check out our board game podcast, a Random Draw Board Game Podcast. I said board game and podcast a lot. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do? And now for something completely different. Have you seen, <laughs> throwback to our board game podcast, Anton LaVey's daughter looks just like Taylor Swift. I don't know who Anton LaVey is. Uh, founder, founder of the Church Satanic of Church, Satanic. Or oh, the Church of Satan. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Sell yeah, a soul for weird. that kind of business? Yeah. Taylor Swift, I mean, she's fine. I don't like her music. Shake it off. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like really popular album. I guess. Yeah, people like that. Well, genre. not even an album because nobody buys albums anymore. It's all digital. They buy tracks. They don't. Yeah, they don't even buy. They don't even do that. They just Two stream it. Billion downloads. Yeet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even. 
that's what we were talking about like the top 10 albums sold of all time and we were talking about how it'll like never change because oh, yeah. nobody buys albums yeah. anymore it's, yeah it's all locked in. it's pretty set so it's mm-hmm. like it's, it's the like, same with actually a lot of things yeah like it'll never change because no one's buying the whole taylor swift album it streams on spotify anyway yeah that's like a single viewership of like a comedy tv show oh yeah it's yeah. never gonna who, be beat. yeah who cares mm-hmm. they were saying um the Seinfeld Sinatra died during the last airing, the final episode of Seinfeld. Uh-huh. And he got to the hospital super early or super fast because everybody was watching this finale. That's and the, so weird. The streets were like, empty. I was that's reading this so whole thing weird. about it. It was yeah. just like, oh, what an odd, like, just day. Yeah. yeah. What a thing that's not a thing anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. It's just because I'm not going to watch it now. I'll catch it whenever it's on streaming yeah, later. I don't have Except to. Except for like, Seinfeld. I won't catch that ever. I'm not interested in that. <laughs> What's laugh. the deal with that? I can't watch laugh a show tracks, with laugh track. track. Yeah. <laughs> Amber was trying to get me to watch um, the mother one, How I Met Your Mother. I was mm-hmm. like, I can't bear it because there's a no. laugh track. Yeah. That show's not for me either. Yeah. I just can't. Mm. Like, don't tell me when to laugh. I'll laugh <laughs> when, it's, when it's funny. That's when I'll laugh. Yeah. Here's yeah. what I do. I sit there silently while other laugh tracks laugh over the TV show. And that's weird to me. That's yeah. weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's very strange. Like when you're watching a television show by yourself and it's funny and you in your brain, you're like, this is a funny joke. Yeah. But you're not clever. laughing because there's no one around to hear you laugh? Or is that just me? Like, because no. the way you're looking no, at me, that's, that, okay. that's accurate. <laughs> it depends. If something's really funny, I'll yeah. laugh. I like, have laughed by myself yeah, multiple for sure. times. Mm-hmm. But it is rare. Like, if you watch a comedy special and you're by yourself, you will rarely laugh. If yeah. you watch yeah. a comedy special with 10 people, you'll laugh uproariously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's usually just me sitting on the couch nodding in approval. Oh, yeah, I'm usually funny. crying, but it's that's a diff- different yeah. reason. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not because of the show. It's, it's, very, it's nothing to do with the show. It's something else. It's more of internal problems. So we were talking about liver, right? The food. The, mm-hmm. the food. Or also the body part. I mean, the body part is the food. It is the same thing. <laughs> There's no difference. Well, mine's still in a living being right now. I guess that's It's in you. Mean. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not a living. Did you donate your liver to somebody? <laughs> It's in. It goes back, man. Who cares? Don't eat your liver. You want some of my lobes? (laughs) What are you typing? I'm looking for the I was waiting for your story. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. I was like, I was just going to let you do your thing. That was my thing. Uh, We're done. We did did our thing. So there's this restaurant chain in the South called Grandy's. Grandy's. I have been to one. Have you been to a Grandy's? I've been to a Grandy's. You're like a man of the world, Dave. I lived in the South. Yep. I've also lived in the South. I've never been to Grandy, so. Uh, so it's like a. In like, my face. What do you call it? Like homestyle? Yeah. It's like a homestyle cooking thing. Okay. Right? So uh, you can go there and you get like chicken fried steak. Love chicken fried yeah. steak. It's, Great. It's Cracker Barrel, but a smaller chain. Okay. Right. Exactly. It's white trash Cracker Barrel. Do they have yeah. rocking, <laughs> yes, yes, that's exactly so they have rocking chairs and, and no, checkers outside? No, no, no. Grandy's is a very you like. You sit outside of Grandy's. No, you, s- you don't want to sit outside no. of Grandy's. <laughs> Um, like, it's like you know, like Shoney's is the Denny's of the South. Yeah, Grandies is the Cracker yeah, exactly. Barrel. Exactly. So true. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like Waffle House is the Denny's of the yeah. South. Yeah. Like if you had, if you're gonna do like an SAT style analogy, okay, you would be go oh, KFC is to Cracker Barrel as Grandies is to Church's Chicken. Okay, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's church chicken, <laughs> kicking biscuits. Oh, so good, good. Yeah, it's good. It's good, but I I'm prefer just saying. church's chicken to Popeyes. Uh, it's no Bojangles. So it is no Bojangles. <laughs> as a child, you'll never get your. Point I know it's, it's, it's fine. So as a child, we went there one time, and I ordered chicken fried steak. Right, and I didn't get chicken fried steak. Oh, no. I got chicken fried liver. That is. <laughs> It's a very different thing. It's yeah. a wildly different thing. <laughs> very very off-putting as a, as a young child. Yeah, I could see that. And I feel like a similar mix-up happened with my sister one time. She got 
what we thought were like some sort of like fried chicken nuggets type situation. Yeah. But they were chicken gizzards. Mm, that is unfortunate. Also, I don't really ever go to a restaurant where that mistake is a possibility. That's yeah, true. true. <laughs> that's true. Go, go to more Grandies. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. I'm not going to a lot of places that are specializing in liver. Yeah. Or, yeah. or gizzard. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, so it's just very bizarre. It's, yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah. Have you had it since? No, no. I think just the one time was plenty. It's so gross looking. Yeah, it's... it catches, it sneaks up on you with everything, with all of it, with, <laughs> with the liverness. The liver? Yeah. I don't like it. I, no. last... I don't even like the look of it or no. the thought of it being in my body. That's mm-hmm. how much I hate it. Well, the last time I had liver, and I say last, the only time I've had liver, <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, with my grandmother on a cruise. Okay. And it was an old people cruise. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. What, that place, <laughs> it was, that like, place was chock yeah, full of liver. Like my sister and I, and then a sea of gray. <laughs> <laughs> so we, she took me to this fancy wine tasting, which was great because I was 19 at the time, but we were at International Waters. Uh, who cares? Yeah. So, anytime the right time well this sommelier is going on and on about these like super fancy bottles of wine and my grandmother and i are sitting there we're sipping it and they served hors d'oeuvres with it and one of the things that i thought was some sort of spreadable cheese oh no (laughs) what was it it was liver pate oh let me tell you it was disgusting i spit it into a very nice cloth napkin (laughs) (laughs) that's a real treat for whoever's gonna get that later well and then the worst part is i walked out of this fancy wine tasting i looked at my grandmother and I was like, you know what? Like purple label yellow tail is better than this. <laughs> I watched a whole movie about uh, sommeliers. Fancy. It okay. was not a documentary. It was like a movie about a guy trying to become a sommelier. Yeah, was it sideways? Apparently it's real hard. No. Like to be a good one. The whole thing was so Anybody could be a ridiculous. sommelier. Ridiculous. Yeah. They did this study about how accurate sommeliers are, and they were not able to tell cheap wine from expensive wine. I like can't. 40% of the time. So <laughs> like it's I like, said, you know, I'll, I'll go happily drink a The whole thing is kind of just like lame to me like mm-hmm. the sommelier thing not wine drinking like drink whatever you want but yeah. sommelier is like <laughs> trying to get you to get that good wine yeah it's like people who write beer reviews as amateurs yeah mm. yeah they got like the five like the five flavor things that they like look into and i'm like guys you gotta let it go it's i fine. never think that much about my food or drink like, you did almost choke to death on a, on a, on a meatball sub earlier this year i had earlier another, this month so I, that makes sense just last week i also had another meatball parm because i'm like going through all the meatball parms in the town okay <laughs> trying to find the one who you got who's your favorite so far zero Let's... favorites oh wow they're all just okay huh? make a good sauce that's the thing like the meatball's mm. fine because it's just gummed up meat which is great <laughs> yeah. gummed up but, meat. what a terrible description <laughs> but like <laughs> but like your sauce has to be good because that's the majority of what you're tasting. I yeah. hate it when the sauce is sweet. I dislike sweet sauce. Do you want a bitter sauce? Yes. Point is, really. I didn't choke to death on the second one. Hey, nice. I chewed, a, I chewed my food thoroughly. I'm oh, so proud job. of you. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I still laugh about that first. What's the weirdest organ you've ever eaten? Organ? Yeah. I've had brain. I've had heart. I've had heart. It's not good. I it's had chewy. I had yeah. um, bugs last night. I guess they had all the organs in yeah, them. Yeah, you had the mealworm, right? The, mm-hmm. the edible mealworms? Yeah, they were uh, cheesy, uh, like Cheetos. No, just flavored. Just eat Cheetos. But why? They're healthier. Cheetos, are they though? I mean, higher protein and lower <laughs> fat content. That's fat Unlike me, fat. very high fat content. <laughs> <laughs> Bugs, the meat when, of the future. <laughs> when uh, when we were in the Marine Corps, they we did something good for once, and mm-hmm. they were like, "Oh, we'll have a barbecue on Friday." Then and we're like, "Great." 
And so they sent um, somebody to the store to get a bunch of meat. And they're like, oh, get like the cheaper stuff. Is this the store or the commissary? Commissary. Okay. So they're like, go get the cheap stuff. And apparently there are some burgers made of heart meat. Oh. And that's the ones we got. And they were very (laughs) unpleasant. (laughs) Because we're just like, why do these taste so weird? And then we finally look at the box and it's just like 90% heart meat. Like it was a selling point. What? Yeah. I was like, whoa. (laughs) so weird. How much were these? Yeah. Like really cheap. I bet. So when I lived in Okinawa, it was a normal thing for us to go out like with all the kids and we would go out with bug nets and you'd catch these big cicada looking things. And then you take them home to your parents and they would fry them up with like honey and did you take them home to your parents and like, what are you doing? Uh, My parents were not the ones I took them home. (laughs) (laughs) I caught you all these bugs. Yes. No, uh, thank you. But like Mm. that was just normal. Like it was a treat. You had to work for your food. You know, it's normal. McDonald's. Uh, All I'm saying is that's that's officially the closest to hunting I've ever come. I mean, it is hunting for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, cicadas. It was not a dangerous hunt. I, was like, <laughs> I saw a picture online the other day of a McRib that wasn't cooked yet. Oh, God. Was it gray? It was gray. I mean, it's frozen. It's just mushed meat, right? Yeah. So it's, it's not, yeah. there's clearly meat. no bean uh, bones in it. Mm-hmm. So it was just like in the shape of ribs. It was. It's just so <laughs> off-putting. Come it's on. an abomination. Like, yeah, come on, guys. It's yeah. off-putting until it's in your mouth. And then it's I mean, delicious. I like a McRib there. I, I don't know what it's made of. Some I sort always, of beef uh, byproduct. Product. I always took a pass on the McRib, man. You didn't even I, I had it a couple now, times, but then I was like, mm, I'm okay. I have, I'd rather just have that double quarter pounder. Now, you could slap barbecue sauce on most anything and I'll eat it. Yeah. yeah. Like if you were like, hey, man, this is this is uh, Daniel Man's thigh meat. I'd be like, <laughs> you got my, some sweet baby rays? That's, yeah. that's where all my good meat is. Yeah. yeah. Right there the I've seen you walking away, Dan. Yeah, that's where all my good meat is. You don't want yeah. something from like Dan, the I'd, tummy I'd, or something. I've never wanted to tell you because I didn't want you to be so off put by it, but Dave's constantly talking about your haunches. <laughs> That's not off-putting. That's a compliment. <laughs> it's a compliment yeah. to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's constantly talking about your, your haunches. I'll be back. Oh, yeah!